Chosen Girls. Welcome to our Chosen Podcast. It's so great to be with you, and I'm very, very excited and very honored that today we have a very, very special guest that I've known for a long, long time. Many years. I know. We're not going to say how many. How many? (laughs) (laughs) But we've known each other a long time. Um, But this is Dr. Mark Jones. He is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and um, he has brought so much help to so many people that I know, including people in my own family. And it's been amazing. And we see things happen in people's lives and in women's and men's lives, but in women's lives that continue to happen. And we thought, you know, let's talk about some things that are going to help you, our chosen girls and all women who are all chosen, uh, to live a better life, to live that amazing life that God has for you, the chosen life that God has for you the abundant, amazing life, and to get rid of anything that would block God from moving or working in your life and to have that relationship with Him that and that communion and union with Him and that nothing would keep you from having that. And so that's why we, I had asked Dr. Mark Jones uh, to come and talk to us today. And so today, what we're going to talk about in this session, and then we're going to have another session, is we're going to talk about trauma and trauma bonding. And, you know, all of us, all of us, including me, that's part of my chosen message is how to, I got to the chosen message, have experienced traumas and things in our life, things that don't go like you thought they would, things that obviously the enemy, because the enemy is the one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, put people, we don't uh, fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, but things that people maybe would do to us that were hurtful or disappointments or things that happened, wounds, troubles, uh, that caused trauma in our lives. And every person has them, okay? So don't sit there and think, oh, you know, uh, I don't want the light to be put on me. I don't have any issues. We all have had trauma. We've all had things in our life that imprints our lives that cause us to be where we are today. And the important thing is recognizing these things and then how to deal with them. So why don't you tell us about what is trauma bonding? Because a lot of people and women here don't know exactly what it is and they're not equipped to come through it and and then they bond with the trauma. So tell us what it is. Trauma bonding is something that happens to someone after they've had wounds with pain in it and we're calling that trauma. And wounds with pain imprint an individual whether they want it to happen or not, meaning they're going to remember that event whether they like to do that or not. It gets inside of them and then they bond with it because the pain gets inside of them. And so it's important to know the definition, for example, of a bond. It's a cord, it's a chain, it's a rope, It's something that creates a connection. And so pain can create a connection as well. And then it imprisons or it captivates the individual and the pain goes deep sometimes. Sometimes it's not as deep, sometimes it's mild, sometimes moderate, sometimes severe, and sometimes trauma level. And then that pain creates the bond because you remember it and then trauma bond means 
that you connect with that individual because of the painful experiences you had with them or the painful experience you had with that circumstance. And yes, and then, so that happens to you and it's with that person, but then the other thing that in, like I said, in my own personal life that I've seen that then you take that on into other relationships, not just in the relationship or the thing that it happened, the situation it happened in, but you start carrying it, you know, with you. Um, and because that's, we talked about it, encoding in your memories. And, um, and so you're going to talk about that. But, you know, like I said, the way I got that God, cre you know, just showed me the chosen message was in my own life, the wound, the experiences that I had that troubled, that hurt me um, in growing up in, in my early years. And I did bond with that, and, and it manifested itself in my life in rejection. And so not just with the, you know, the person that caused the trauma, but right. then everywhere I went, I operated out of that root of rejection. Exactly and right. I, that's all I knew how to operate in, you know, because I didn't believe because of the hurt, the things that had happened to me, that I was loved or accepted then every relationship I went into, or whether it was a friendship, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. I still was looking to be rejected, and I only knew how to really survive in that kind of relation, in that kind of atmosphere, rejection. Yeah. And so, right. if I, if they weren't even rejecting me, then I would do something to reject me because uh, to correct. feel rejected. And, and right? It's, That's the way it works. Yeah. So if the theme of the wound and the pain a person has experienced is rejection, we use that example, then everything they feel, what they watch for, what they're hypersensitive to is around the theme of rejection. They wonder if they're going to be rejected. They wonder if certain maybe facial expressions mean that they're being rejected. Yep. Yeah. And so it runs, it's a filter through which everything, all their thought world, their emotions run until they get free from that and intentionally deal with it and get that healed. One of the mistakes people make is they believe consciously or subconsciously that, that their wounds and their pain are going to go away because they get older yeah. or because they right. shove them back in there further. Right. right. And the thing about pain and memories is it doesn't go away. It forces its way out, in fact, in certain circumstances that remind the subconscious brain of the pain that they experience. And then behavior comes out, which I call wound behaviors. Yeah, that's so true. And I definitely saw that in my life. So I hope that this is helping some of you because that's exactly what was going on in, um, in my life in those early years. So how does uh, trauma encode in the memories? So trauma imprints, another word is encodes the memories because it, it hits a person so hard that it imprints itself like a tattoo into their memory in three ways, three, three types of memories. Mental picture memory, mental picture memory means thoughts, thought processes, fears, hypersensitivities, thoughts around uh, the, the woundedness. And mental picture means you could have a, a flashback of an image, of a setting, of a person, of the molestation, if that's what the trauma was. 
and they can be in a setting or talking to a certain personality type or on a certain topic and it brings back a picture to them and it's involuntarily uh, brought up. They're not wanting it to come up, it involuntarily comes up in their memory in the form of a picture. So that's mental picture. The other memory that trauma encodes is emotional memory. So the emotions a person experiences during that pain encodes them also and later on they can feel those emotions wonder what's happening to them mm. and then muscle memory is the third memory muscle memory means anything physical anything visceral that a person could feel so for example a person goes into a crowd of people and <clears throat> they start having an anxiety attack or they start having anxiousness more rapid heartbeat and their mind starts racing and they wonder what's happening to them. Mm. Nobody's saying anything bad to me, right? There's no, there's no obvious threat or danger. Why am I even shaking, you know, with some PTSD symptoms? Well, mm. it's because something in that setting is reminding the person of the pain they've gone through. It could be a sense of feeling trapped mm. or maybe they're talking to an individual and that personality of the individual in that crowd reminds them of the person that wounded them so mm -hmm. deeply, right? Abused them, for example. And so they could be mm -hmm. in that setting, their cognitive brain is not locking into why they feel nervous or upset, but their subconscious notices it. While I'm on that point, I think it's necessary to just explain very quickly without going too deep with it, the difference between your conscious and the subconscious. The conscious level mind is what you cognitively intend to in the moment or think about doing. You could drive down the road, for example, and you're going to, the other day, Teresa and I, driving down the road, we're talking about this restaurant we're going to eat at downtown, we're excited about it, and even though we're talking about it, that's the cognitive conscious level mind, I exit the exit to go to my office. <laughs> that's your subconscious, yeah. right? Because what you've done the most yeah. is what your subconscious brain prompts you to do. Mm involuntarily. Wow. Well, the same thing happens with pain and wounds. It comes up involuntarily in the body or in the form of emotions or in the form of thoughts or images, and now it's present. And a person, if they don't know it's an old wound that just mm -hmm. got activated, mm -hmm. they might get afraid of it, they get confused, what's happening to mm -hmm. me, right? And then some people even go so far as then try to deny that they're having those feelings or those emotions. Well, when you do that, you're basically shoving it back down in there mm -hmm. and it remains. And not dealing with it. That's correct. Wow, that's so good. Uh, I definitely can see, even in my own life, how, and then sometimes, like you said, you're like, now why did that just happen? Or why did I feel that way? And you mm -hmm. wonder, and I remember in my own life, when I was walking out of rejection like going, okay, now I just responded or, and that's not me, but why did I do that? Or why did I say that? Like you said, it was involuntarily. involuntarily. And it was just really interesting. It's so true. It's so, so good. This is going to, so. <laughs> it will enlighten people and help them to know what's happening to yeah. them. Yeah. And you know, a person could feel ashamed or maybe afraid or embarrassed yeah. if they have some symptom and they're not quite so sure what that is. Mm -hmm. So the the, it's important to have the knowledge and the comprehension of why you're feeling those yes. symptoms, right? Yeah, that's why you shouldn't push it down. That's correct. Let it come up and ask yourself those questions, right? That's correct. And find <laughs> out 
what those emotions are that are coming up from your past, the pain in your body that's coming up from the past, old thought patterns, and get knowledge of it where you're not afraid of it and you're not ashamed of right. it. You know, shame uh, makes a person keeps not you in want bondage. To do it. Yeah, it keeps, keeps you, you in bondage because the enemy's always on, oh you you shouldn't feel like this. That's correct. Right? That's you shouldn't correct. be feeling like this. What's wrong with you? That's correct. And you have to overcome that and say, you know, it's good if you start feeling those emotions or if if you start thinking about that or having it in your body a manifestation, you start writing it down so that you can see That's it. Exactly correct. That's good, right? Inventory. And inventory it and write it down. So this is, yes, deal with it. Don't be afraid. You know, even in my own life, I remember it was like, because the enemy, okay, think about light and darkness. What does he want to do? Keep everything right. in darkness. That's and right. if it can be t brought to light, God is going to heal it. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to bring it to That's the correct. light. Because, the, you know, the enemy wants to keep you in darkness and keep you in the closet and think that, Oh, I mean, you know, oh man, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Wait a minute, I'm a Christian. My husband's a pastor, you know. Right. I, these are early days of our marriage. I That's can't right. feel like this. I This is wrong. There's something wrong, you know, and just try to hide it and not deal with it where the enemy is basically lying to me saying, boy, if people knew that you were feeling like this and this is right. how they, you would just, again, here comes the rejection. Mm -hmm. You would be rejected. They're not going to like you. They're not going to love you. They're not going to care about you, blah, blah, that's blah. Right. And that's how the enemy keeps us in bondage, right? That's right. That's the bondage. That's the stronghold. The Bible terminology is stronghold, right? It's strong. It's powerful. Yes. And it holds you in place or keeps a person stuck there, right? Yes. That's, that's what that does. Yeah. So if a person has an unknown uh, regarding why they're experiencing this this old woundedness that gets activated, I call it, yeah. and comes up and they feel it in the present tense or they have these racing thoughts, if they don't know what's happening to them, they probably will be afraid of it and then it keeps them stuck in it. Yeah. And then the shame or embarrassment or rejection or whatever yeah. it might be, prevents them from reaching out and finding out what that is. Mm -hmm. Reach out to someone that knows. Yeah. And sometimes getting the knowledge about what's happening to you so begins true. to free you and give you peace. That's true because like you said, the knowledge of, wait a minute, this is what's happening. This is okay. That's correct. It's okay to let the, to write these things okay. down, these feelings down, what I'm feeling, these things, these thoughts that are coming up. It's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. And bring it to the light. And that what's so what's so amazing to me is in those years and years ago when these in my own life getting that freedom is when I did bring it to the light. It was no big deal. I mean, Correct. the enemy is telling you that it's going to be this horrible thing, and if you really tell. Uh, this person like uh, or ask for forgiveness or forgive somebody and you have to deal with something with somebody this is going to be horrible this is going to be terrible they're going to think you're uh, and the enemy is lying to you and That's thinking it, but when you do you just step over and say I'm God this is what I know I'm supposed to do and you do it it's like wow you just feel such a relief and a like Right. Oh, and then you're like, wow, okay, this wasn't a big deal. And, and it brings some freedom. If you can just step over that embarrassment, if you can That's step correct. over that shame, just one little step, then you'll have the faith and strength to be able to do another step because it is step. Can you give us some examples of trauma bonding? Examples of trauma bonding. One of the greatest examples is in relationships. Mm -hmm. 
a person, let's say they've been, uh, we'll, use the, we'll use the example of abused in some way, verbally, yes. emotionally, psychologically yes. abused, maybe and even physically. we see that a lot. We see that a lot. Yes. We see the inside of the church, outside of the yep. church alike, right? Yep. And so <clears throat> secrecy has to be maintained. See, the one doing the abusing, uh, they want, they don't want people to know about it. So secrecy is essential, right? It enables... And the darkness it. again. That's the darkness. <laughs> keep it in the darkness. Keep it in the secret, keep it in the darkness, right? Yes. That's why the Bible, like you were saying, kingdom of light, light. kingdom of darkness. Yes. Secrecy yes. equals darkness. Yes. It's an area where, you know, demonic spirits have access to people who keep things in secret, yeah, right? that's true. All right, yeah. <clears throat> so what happens then is a characteristic in a relationship, if a person's been abused, for example, one of the classic trauma bonds is they finally maybe get out of that abuse, mm -hmm. and then immediately or eventually, they get once again attracted to a similar or same profile that's going to abuse them. Yeah. And they don't sometimes know it, but sometimes they do on some level, and they'll make maybe a statement to themselves or someone else like, well, the reason I get attracted to that same profile is the only thing I know. So mm -hmm. at least I'm familiar mm -hmm. with, yep. with and how, how to how navigate today, around, yep, around to abuse. Yeah. Wow. That's a classic trauma bonding, wow. being attracted to the same profile. And we do see that a lot. That's right. Now, you could also, if, if the wound in a relationship was something else, if it wasn't abuse, if it was neglect, mm -hmm. then they'll be attracted to a profile who will also neglect them. In a form of, for example, a personality type who doesn't talk much, you ask them how they're doing, they just nod their head, mm -hmm. right? And so they're internalizer, a deep internalizer, but if you had woundedness or suppressed anger with that internalization, kind of tricks you or deceives you to believe that, oh, well, they're not angry. Remember, all anger isn't expressed immediately outward, right? True, that's true. It's an, it happens sometimes with an explosion. Yes, they so, keep forcing you down and then all of a sudden. And then it explodes. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, if a person has had a trauma bonding painful experience and they're going to consider getting into another relationship, they should go and talk to someone about what their attractions are and why they're attracted so that they don't just continue the, the same, same cycle. pattern. Yeah. On this wow. phrase stronghold in the Bible, the word strong yeah. in human behavior, let's take this perspective for just a moment. In human behavior, if, if an emotion or a prompting or a drive to do something is really strong, mm -hmm. people tend to believe it's true mm. and they believe they should do it because it's strong. Oh, wow. But just because it's strong, <laughs> wow. like a fear is strong, doesn't mean it's true. But so it good. deceives people's mind yeah. that because it's strong and relentless, maybe it's true or maybe wow. they that have to do to it. Right. That has, has to, to be, be right. That has to be right because it's so strong, yeah. yeah. <gasps> and so you see, Ooh. the kingdom of darkness uh, steals, kills, and destroys. Yes. So the only thing they're after is some form of death. So, yep. so what they, what they'll try to do then, is they'll come in right behind. If a person's been abused, a part of, a normal part of abuse is being accused 
over and over that it's your fault mm-hmm. that I'm abusing you, mm-hmm. right? That's yes. a, the indoctrination, the brainwashing that happens. Yeah. Well, look at look at uh, one of the ways that the scripture identifies Satan, accuser. Yep. And so you see how in alignment, abusers that accuse over and over and over, it's your fault, this is the reason I'm I'm calling you names, the reason I'm choking you out, the reason I'm saying these horrible things to you is because yelling, yelling, throwing, they're accusing their victim. It's your fault. It's your fault. See how close in alignment that is with Satan himself, accuser. So the nature of those two are so similar that it robs, it kills, it destroys someone's self-esteem, their confidence yes. level, right? Yes. Their joy. Yes. And they even feel guilty if they're too joyful, and they certainly can't live a life of freedom and no. enjoyment because no. because they've been accused for so long. They're hypersensitive of doing anything that could make their abuser angry at them again. Wow. Wow. That's so, so true. So and then that encodes them. And long after, for example, a victim gets out of a destructive relationship, those memories will be inside of their head, I'm in sure. their emotions, in their body. So growing up, I was around age eight years old. We were for a few months, thank God it wasn't longer than that, um, in an abusive relationship uh, and uh, with a stepfather. So we would have to watch him beat our mother in front of us. And I had hate. For him, I had guilt because I couldn't help her and fear because I'm next because, see, they're unpredictable about what's going to set them off. Sure. And so in that kind of, in that kind of setting, it encoded me. And I didn't know later on because I didn't have this knowledge and education and comprehension. Sure. I wasn't taught this. Later on, if I would just get in the proximity or close to a similar personality as stepfather, I would find my hand kind of shaking. I would tremble mm. and wonder what was happening yeah. to me. That's muscle memory mm-hmm. because that's what I was doing. That's what my body was doing when we were being subjected to, to his that. abuse. Yeah. And so it encoded me that way. And wow. later on, 20 years, 30 years later, it doesn't matter. I finally discovered and connected dots that that's a form of a PTSD mm-hmm. symptom, mm-hmm. manifestation that originated from that abuse, that abuse that encoded me. And then it comes up later involuntarily, even though my cognitive conscious mind looks around and I say, there's no danger. Everything right. is good. Why am I shaking? Mm. Why is my heart beating faster? That's the encoding we're talking about. So good. Wow. I know this is going to help a lot of you. Um, okay, what are some symptoms uh, or characteristics of trauma bonding? All right, well, I'll talk about both momentarily okay. here. <clears throat> symptoms can be depression, okay. anxiety attacks, panic attacks, generalized anxiety, where a person on a generalized level or basis, they just have anxiety. And what's happening is their brain is on high alert. Mm-hmm. looking for the next bad thing to uh, happen okay. or bracing for the next bad thing to happen wow. because l- many times in trauma and pain you get blindsided by it right mm-hmm. you're driving down the road yeah. you don't know the red trucks about to hit the side sure. of your car and roll you over traumatizes you later on what happens your brain's on high alert if you can drive yeah for a right. while right and, and after right. a while you get in the truck yeah. your car well what happens your brain unconsciously 
involuntarily rather, is looking for a red truck or anything yeah. red. Yeah. It's on high alert. Sure. And so that can be generalized anxiety, panic disorder, it can be PTSD. Some people go obsessive and compulsive to compensate for feeling so uncertain and unstable that mm -hmm. a trauma creates. So they overcompensate. This is a this is a reaction characteristic that turns into a behavior. So they over-organize, hyper, have to touch doorknobs over and over and over, wash their hands 300 times wow. because they are in control of that. And oh. when they were traumatized, they weren't in control of it. So that's one of the behaviors that can develop Is out it of it. Or, or social yeah. anxiety, okay. right? The mind can't keep yeah. up with all these people around them and all the moving parts. Yeah. So they have anxiety, and so what do they do? In order withdraw. not to have the anxiety, they withdraw. they withdraw. They withdraw. That's what happens to people, and it happens all of the time. And this will help people that have been through trouble in life, been through pain. It can be mild pain, it can be moderate, it can be severe, it can be trauma level. It helps them to know what these symptoms are yeah. so they don't yeah. get stuck in that right. strong shame embarrassment exactly. right? and then yeah. stay in that whirlpool right. of circular thinking. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Wow, great stuff. Well, uh, we're going to end this session, but we're going to come back because, well, hey, we don't want to let you just be hanging there because right. we want to talk about how it can, how it manifests in your relationships more and what do you do with it. So, you know, we're going to talk about that. So we're, this is so good. I mean, thank you so much for sharing. My so pleasure. we'll see you in the next session. Love my chosen girls. And this is just going to help you to become this more whole person that God wants Amen. you to be because you're amazing and you're chosen. Amen. We'll see you in the next session. Bless you. Thanks for listening to our Chosen Bible Study Podcast. For more information on Chosen, make sure you visit us at chosenessay.com and follow us on our social sites. We'll see you next time. And remember, you are chosen.